Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unlocking the Magic. You're listening to episode number 166. And my voice is so high-pitched right now because I'm so excited once again. We're going to have fun today. We are going to celebrate today on this episode 35 years of Epcot. I was going to say your voice, you were really excited for that intro today. (laughs) I am so excited because this park is so special. They're all very special to me, but I'm really excited about this show because we're going to go back in time, talk about the present. Really? Yeah. Should I bring my wallet? You should bring your typewriter because we're going back in time. Your wallet? Why your wallet? Because then you can make some bets. Oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> right? That's right. Like Back to the Future? Back to the Future. We're going to celebrate, and I always like saying Walt Disney's first, even though it's not officially called Walt Disney's, but I like to say Walt Disney's Experimental Prototype City of Tomorrow, also known as Epcot or, as our youngest would say, Epicot. I don't know why. I remember watching a video of Walt Disney kind of explaining what Epcot was, and he's like, Epcot. <laughs> he said it kind of funny. He did? He did, yeah. I never noticed that. I'm going to have to go back and look at this. You're going to have to go back and watch that video. <laughs> well, I kind of feel old for the very, very first time in my life, I think. I just feel... This is the first time you've ever felt old? Yeah. I always... I'm, That's interesting. I'm very young at heart, and I just kind of, I don't know, maybe in a denial stage. But when I think of Epcot being, you know... An, unveiling 35 years ago it's really when it really hit me wow it's been i mean i just feel like it was yesterday i can close my eyes now as that little girl in the 80s in epcot with my parents so i don't have any memories as a kid but i'll tell you what what i feel old when i try to pick something up (laughs) that's a whole nother okay but i don't have any memories of i was just kind of we were talking about this before we get on the show and you know epcot kind of opened when we were born almost right yeah and I don't have any memories of Epcot as a child. Which I think it's okay. I think that you bring a different perspective than I. You know, I remember being there as a young kid. It had opened, you know, it was around, I guess, so my first time was in 87. So it had been open, it opened in 82. Um, So it's fairly new. But I think it's cool to hear your point of view when it comes to Epcot. Because a lot of people, I think, reflect on the past when they visit Epcot. Well, at least I think... When you, we'll dive into that a little bit. Well, let's talk about today's show. So we're going to share our favorite Epcot memories. And I know, Bruce, you said you don't have any memories that from when you were a child. But I think it's cool to hear your point of view of your memories that you have. As well as we'll talk about our memories. Talk about... Well, I'm done. <laughs> things that you must know about the park. And then a little bit about the future of Epcot. Which there are some exciting announcements. There's a lot of rumors out there about what's going to happen to Epcot. And with all the other announcements with the other parks, there's obviously going to be a ton of rumors of what's happening in Epcot. But some have been confirmed. Right. And they're working on a few things. That's going to be some exciting additions to Epcot. And then some haven't been confirmed. Right. So those are the rumors that we're... And some I'm just going to make up. Yeah, let's do it. Right. Let's talk about Everybody what else we... talk about rumors. I'm just going to make some stuff up. Let's make some stuff up. Say, you know, talk about what we think should happen. I and don't then know. maybe they'll listen. Yeah, I mean, you know they're listening. <laughs> I mean, couple people are. Couple, right? <laughs> All right, well, let's start off with our memories. So I'm going to go back in time 
And I'm going to talk about, without being too corny, I'm going to talk about seeing Spaceship Earth for the very, very first time. That, to me, is such a special memory. And I literally can close my eyes and remember this moment. And let me just quickly mention, if you come home from your Walt Disney World vacation and you can't, ha- you don't have little pieces of memories that you can talk about, you're not doing it right. Whoops. <laughs> We did that wrong. Trust us. We are very guilty of this. There have been trips where we buzz through everything and we go home and we think, what did we, what just happened? We don't even know what just happened. But since then and since the start of this podcast, it's really what the essence of this show is about. I want you guys to remember it's so important to carve out these little moments. Stop, smell, breathe, really be in the moment. How old were you when you first saw Spaceship Earth? I don't know how, I think I was, I don't know, I don't want to give away my age, but it was 1987, and I was a young girl. I guess that gives away. It does. (laughs) Now you can't say how old you were, but you could have said, I was 10. That's true. Whoops. Everybody was 10 at one point, even if you're 90. Right. It doesn't matter. They're not going to give away your age. And do you remember like walking into the park and seeing it for the first time? Was it the first attraction that you went on? So I remember, so it was just my parents and I. We were visiting Walt Disney World. We were staying off property. We stayed at the Hilton, um, technically off property, but within the gate, I guess. And I remember driving to Epcot. We didn't take the monorail or anything. And we got out of the car, and I could see this incredible geodesic dome. I, I don't I mean, Obviously, I didn't know it was a geodesic dome, but this really cool-looking dome. And I didn't think it looked like a golf ball. Like, a lot of people say golf ball, and re- even our kids, like, sometimes reference it. I just thought this thing was this massive um, just insight to the future. Like, I immediately was inspired. And so I remember walking through up to the... So, really, seeing it was the my best memory, and seeing the dome in the distance. And then riding yes i this was the first attraction we went on and i think that might be why also i find it really necessary for us to ride it (laughs) go visit this attraction as soon as we get to the park brings you back memories of you being a child yes so walking up to the gate you're you're all all of a sudden i just remember like hearing the music and does have like a certain feel and smell and sound when you walk in there yeah doesn't it make you really feel like the future is the possibilities are endless. Like that's what I felt like. No, I don't. I can't say that it makes me feel like that. Really? Well, I mean, the whole, you know, being in the Walt Disney World bubble makes me feel that way. Not Epcot specifically. Maybe it's because I didn't go there as a kid. Maybe, and that's an interesting point because I still feel that way to this day. And so, I remember walking up to this dome with my parents, and they were just as, you know, excited as I was, which was cool to see. And then riding the attraction is a whole nother memory that I'd like to share because really going into the time machine with my parents and riding Spaceship Earth, their eyes filled with wonder. And well, I, thought, I mean, I can only imagine what it would have been like to drive with your dad going through that. Yeah. And you know what the best Was memory- he talking the whole time? Oh, yeah. yeah he was I could imagine obnoxious, that. you know, just like pointing out things. And um, But I think what sticks out the most is so... I feel like I cheated. I'm sharing two memories. So my first being seeing Spaceship Earth for the very first time. That's good because I don't really have a specific memory. Oh. So keep going. (laughs) And my second is actually riding the attraction with my parents. And more specifically is being in the time machine with my dad, my mom and dad. And my dad just being so proud and so excited as we were 
I was, we were riding through ancient Greece. <laughs> he was so incredibly proud to share his heteridge with me and, you know, really talk about that's where it started, you know, <laughs> Greece. That's hilarious. And I can, I can, I can picture him right now kind of talking about it and giving you a history lesson as you're going through, like explaining what the scene is. Yeah. It and was who the, the guy best. is and what they're doing. <laughs> I loved it. Am I right? They do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, he was talking the entire time. I feel bad for whoever was riding with us. The good thing about that is you're, you can see people in front of you. You obviously can't see behind you unless you turn around. But those cars are pretty secluded. So even if you do talk, like I can't really when – you're, when you're sitting in it, like the – right now, it, sound, it sounds pretty loud. Like the TV and the noise in the car is pretty loud, but I can't hear yours in front of us. You can't. I know. That's true. That's a really great point. So if you're talking, if your dad was talking, I'm sure they didn't hear it. Although your dad did have a pretty deep voice. He did. But he didn't talk very loud. I don't know. But those two moments I will never forget. And that's kind of the things that I want to share with our kids. And slow. I think if we were wondering what fast passes, I know back then it wasn't, there wasn't, a, there weren't available. If I was so worried about going to the next attraction, like, I, you know, so many of us are guilty of doing, I think I would have failed to have that memory. Right. You know, so. Which a lot of people probably do now make that mistake. And, and not mean, if I'm they sure listen. we've made it as when we went back with our kids. Yeah. Well, not if they listen to the show. Hey, That's true. <laughs> Some people listen. We get emails all the time that says, hey, Oops. I listened to your show and I wish I listened to the show better. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like I listened to your show. I totally didn't do anything you told me to do. I got. I went for seven days. I got six day park hoppers, and I wish I didn't do that much. <laughs> so it so, happens all the time, <laughs> right? It so does... people listen to the show, Connie, and they don't listen to our advice. Darn. Okay. Well, I need to do a better job. I think what it is too is, it is expensive, you know, to go to Walt Disney World, and a lot of times. Yeah, I... but when you go to an all you can eat restaurant, you mm -hmm. don't eat everything they put out. Oh, you don't? No, you eat till you're full. Are you sure? For the most part. Okay. Right? You may, you may be full and you take one more plate, but you don't eat everything that they put out on display. Yeah. And that's how you have to think of your Disney World vacation. Like, you can go on every attraction, but you're going to be exhausted after. Should you really do that? Right. right. Yeah. No, I agree. And so I hope, well, obviously, I need to do a better job if we're getting emails about them doing it incorrectly. Like, well, I think, I think the people really want to do that but when they're there and they realize they just plunked down all this money they want to get their money i don't worth. think it's that i think that you're excited to be there it's okay. fun yeah and you don't realize how much walking and how tired you'll be afterwards you're it's always like that like when you go to bed at night and you're like all right i'm gonna wake up at six o'clock like six o'clock comes and you're like why did i say i'm gonna wake up at six o'clock <laughs> so much right. easier to do it before you actually do it than afterwards all right, so back to our memories. So back to my memory. Oh, back to your memory. I now. have. I don't really have too many memories. My memories are when we took our, you know, our youngest daughter wasn't born yet, and we took our two older daughters to Epcot, and it was kind of just wandering around the showcase for the first time. Our kids weren't old enough to ask us to go on uh, every attraction, so they kind of just did whatever we wanted, which was fun <laughs> because now it's completely different. But wandering around the showcase and then stopping in the front and the double-decker bus came by with all the <gasps> characters on it. My goodness, I actually just got a little chills because I forgot. And our kids just like faces lit up because it was pretty much every character. Every character. Right there in front of us. And they just got to meet and greet and they had their little autograph books out. And they they literally got to see every character up close and personal outside. I remember how hot it was that day. And it was pretty hot. But that was a cool, 
uh, memory that I have that I'll always share. And it has nothing to do with attractions or rides or anything, but or food, surprisingly. Surprisingly. But seeing that double-decker bus pull up in all the characters that you could literally go up to and shake their hand or give a hug or get their autograph in person was pretty fun, which they don't do anymore. Yeah. I, I, I We could talk about that later, but I, I definitely think that's something I miss. And I actually forgot that the double-decker and the whole thing. I have photos of that. We do have photos, yeah. And that's so fun. It's Aww. like your kids are so – our kids were at the point where they're so excited to see them, but they didn't necessarily want to go up to them. True. Like they're excited to see them over there. Right. On the bus. Yes. But keep driving by. I'm keep just okay waving. with waving. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you go, you want to go see him? They're like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. That's the fun part. Oh, well, that was a great memory. Okay, so my next one. You have another memory? I have two. I have a few. Okay. Okay, so my next one is not, actually not when I was a child. This was fairly a newer, rec- uh, recent memory. My favorite was Actually, it might have been right around that same time when the kids were little, but discovering chocolate mousse in Italy. And I'm going to go into detail why, because obviously chocolate mousse, Italy, you know. Was that recent? Um, I guess maybe just before we started the show, because I think that's when my love for Epcot returned. Because for a while there, um, we would visit and I maybe I was just so exhausted. We had three little kids with us and I remember not doing a lot, whole lot of planning and just kind of winging our trip, but then also wanting to see and do everything. And I was really just having a hard time with the park itself. So when we were visiting Epcot that time, I remember suddenly just having the urge to slow down. The kids were little, and I remember just saying, you know what, you guys, I, let's just slow down and take a breather. And I think so we were obviously in the World Showcase and just nearby was Italy. And I remember someone pointing out that they had chocolate mousse. And so I thought, all right, let's just go grab a mousse and, you know, whatever. We'll share it. And I remember taking that first bite. And then suddenly it was just, I don't know, it just surprising me. Surprisingly, I discovered my love for Epcot at that moment because, one, I just finally decided to take a breather and look around. And the I felt like I was able to visit actually visit italy by taking that bite Mm, yeah chocolate mousse would do that to you (laughs) right like i just instantly escaped and it just hit me and i thought wow this place is incredible you just have to carve out some time to really appreciate and enjoy the little things it's two different parks it's the showcase and then it's the the attraction part of it and the showcase is its own area and if you don't take the time to enjoy the nooks and crannies you're you're missing a ton I am having a really hard time not going on and on about my memories. I know. I figured that out already. <laughs> okay. I'm really consciously consciously trying. Do you not have another to... memory? Like, that's all the memories I have. I mean, I have other memories, but we've talked about them on other podcast episodes. And, you know, that's one that I haven't mentioned a lot. And, you know, I didn't go as a kid. So my memories are all of being a parent and taking our kids there. And full disclosure, it wasn't until recently that we did that concept of slowing down, really appreciating the moment to carve out those memories. And I think for you, going, you know. I mean, it, I'm still having a hard time with it. <laughs> it's true. I talk about the only reason I talk about it on the show is like holding myself accountable. Right. Right. Like, yeah. you, you got to set your goals out there and say, hey, listen, you said you were going to slow down. That's your philosophy. You better do it. <laughs> exactly. Like, I better not see you in the parks with 47 pa- fast passes running from attraction to attraction. Well, my next memory is not necessarily inside the park. All right. Well, that's going to be weird since it's an Epcot show. I know, right? But we were in front of Epcot. 
So this is weird, but I, we were all uh, going to the California Grill. We had reservations to visit the California Grill, and everybody in the family was dressing up. We were with actually your sister and her kids, so mm-hmm. there was uh, eleven of us. And I remember wanting to take a photo of everyone dressed up in front of Epcot. And I have that picture. They are standing right in front of Spaceship Earth in their beautiful dresses. And that, to me, that little mini photo session will always remain special in my heart. Yeah, and I have to say, like, I do remember that, too. And as our kids get older and my sister's kids get older, like, that probably will never happen again. I know. So cherish the moments that you do have with your kids and, you know, slow down and enjoy every moment because they get old quick. They do. And, I mean, they're already kind of old before they get old because they think they know everything. <laughs> That's true, But they too. get old enough to not have to go with you pretty quick. Exactly. So I, I, I that is a cool moment. I do remember that. And we actually kind of just took the monorails around. Yeah. For the, like, we were dressed up and we had, like, an hour or two to kill. And we're like, let's just take the monorails around. We stopped at Epcot. We didn't have tickets. We just stopped in the front. Yeah. Hanging out watching everybody else go in, and then we decided to take a photo and then head over there. So that was a good memory, and I actually forgot that. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome, Bruce. I'm, I'm here for that. All right, let's move on. Okay, so moving on, let's now – I want to share – I just want to share now a little bit of the memories of Epcot. Actually, Walt Disney Archives just put out a new display on the Walt Disney Studio lot celebrating everything Epcot for Epcot's 35th, and it was really cool to see. If you head over to the D23 website, you'll be able to see some of the items that they have on display. It's really cool from um, a 1966 memo from Walt Disney to Marty Sklar, which Walt gives his signature of approval to begin what will eventually become the Epcot film. Isn't that cool? Um, You can see the actual dedication plaque and note cards used by Card Walker. Um, there's obviously tons of um, early merchandise, which is, I, I don't know if you know this, Bruce, but the early merchandise is all about figment. Which, is it really? Oh my gosh. That's a whole nother, I could go into a whole nother podcast about my memories as a young girl with figment and my dad. He loved figment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could picture him on that. So that was really cool. If you head over to the D23, you'll be able to see. You'll be able to virtually see some of these these items without actually having to go to the Walt Disney Studios lot. We'll link that up in the show notes for this episode. Just head over to unlockingthemagic.com. And the other thing that they did, they actually shared six things, six details that every Disney fan needs to know about Hmm. Epcot. And I thought this was really, really cool because I think a lot of people don't necessarily know the significance of Epcot either. And it is a park where I think has had recently almost an identity issue. There's a lot of things that... I don't want to say identity, actually. I just think that there's a lot of things... You can say that. Well, there's a lot of things that have closed um, that are changing. It's it's hard to accept change sometimes. Well, it used to be a place where you'd look towards the future and it would have futuristic things. And then as time went on, they didn't really get updated as quickly. And it became like a past thing. Exactly. So I think... That it's it's definitely like you said, and even even on the D twenty three, they say a past that also represented the future, and actually, Future World was originally compromised of six pavilions that eventually grew to nine. So wow. cool. There right? was a couple. There's a couple rumors of a new pavilion coming to Epcot. Exactly. We can talk about later on right. um, about that. But they actually share. It says while the logos for Spaceship Earth 
Universe of Energy Horizons are no longer available, uh, no longer widely used. They say that a sharp-eyed Disney fan can still see them around Epcot, so keep an eye out for these classic symbols. Which is what? Oh, you have to find out. All right. <laughs> you got to keep an eye out and, and look. Um, the other one that they talk about is Living with the Land. Which is one of my favorite spots. Oh, my gosh. I love the Land Pavilion. I know it's old, and some people say it's outdated, and it looks food courtish, but I'd say one of my favorite places to hang in Epcot is the Land Pavilion. Mine, too. And I think it's an underrated piece of the park. It has two of the best attractions in the park, Soarin' and Living with the Land. Yeah, I think Soaring, but I don't know if people actually visit Living with the Land. I think that that might be an underrated little spot or maybe a place to get off your feet. But once you visit, I think every time I'm on the boat and I'm with somebody new or hasn't been on and experienced the attraction before, they're always immersed and their eyes wide. And as we go through the attraction, especially obviously when we go through the greenhouse, I hear wow from little kids and that fills my heart because... It may seem like a corny little place to get off your feet, but it's actually a really interesting attraction. And I love when you get to learn and have fun while doing it. Right. I agree with you 100%. And every time I go on Living with the Land, I see different things. I wish the only the only change I wish they would make is I wish you could stop the boat. I know, right? Because sometimes we're going through and there's the, the plants or vegetables and I'm looking to the left and then someone says, oh, look at that. And then we're past it. Well, we could always do a behind the seeds tour. A what? A, forget it. A behind the seats tour. What's that? Seeds. Oh, scenes. Seeds? Seeds. Oh. <laughs> and then you can go on there? I don't know. Maybe I just go on the attraction a couple times in a row. You must. So you, you got to go on there once and look to the left, and then you get, the next time you just got to focus on the right. That's true. That's a great point. So in between. There's a tip for you. You go to Soren first, then yeah. you hit, right? Go and live with or the Or you land. just go to Soren, get your fast pass or whatever, and while you're waiting, you hit on living with the land a few times. There we go. Then well, get a snack. <laughs> Speaking of the attraction and the the pavilion's um, greenhouse, they actually have a Guinness World Record for the most tomatoes harvested from one tree in a year. It's the experimental tomato tree. I thought your mom did that. <laughs> no, it says this breaking record-breaking tree produced more than thirty-two thousand tomatoes during the year which is more than a 1,000 pounds of produce. Did you know that? I had no idea. I, know. I mean, I, I remember them saying something like that. 2016 Guinness World Record for the most tomatoes. I remember them talking about when you're on the living with the end, they do talk about how these plants produce 10 times more vegetables than the normal one, the way they grow them. The other part of Epcot that every fan needs to know is it says bigger than a kingdom. The park is big enough to hold... Um, the world, actually, it says 300 acres. It's the third largest Disney theme park after Disney's Anaheim, uh, Animal Kingdom and Shanghai Disneyland. Wow. It's crazy. It's twice the size of Magic Kingdom. No wonder why our feet hurt. It's huge. <laughs> when you go across and you're in the, the U.S. pavilion and you're looking across or you're in Japan and you're looking across, it seems like it's forever away. It does. And you're like, we have to walk all the way back there? Please utilize the boats. It's hard to utilize the boats. Like, I agree with you. You want to utilize the boats, but you want, I don't know. No. Part of me wants to utilize the boats, but then part of me doesn't want to miss anything. I know, Bruce, but you can see it all if you section it off. Yeah. And you utilize, the boats are there for your enjoyment, and it's an actual attraction on its own. I know, but I know. 
I know. We Let's, clearly we clearly go back and forth on this. That's true. We do here and when we're there. Uh, number four says more to Morocco. It says a popular Epcot myth states that every country's pavilion in World Showcase is sponsored by that nation's government. While that myth is false, the Kingdom of Morocco did play a large role in developing the Morocco Pavilion in World Showcase. The nation actually sent out Moroccan artisans to help design the pavilion's beautiful mosaics to accurately represent the country. Morocco has got to be, hands down, my favorite country there. What do you think? I think it is your favorite country. <laughs> the food. There's just more to it. I love roaming through and the mosaics and just the architecture there is just incredible. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good one. I agree with you. The t- it makes you a su- very it's very submersive. It is very submersive. When you're in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number five, any seasoned Disney Park friends know that the numbers found throughout the Epcot attractors sometimes have a special significance. So if you see a lot of 82s around Epcot, it's not a significance. What do you, it's not a coincidence, rather. Um, what do you think it, it signifies? The year it was open. Uh, yes. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> I'm so happy that you got that. And lastly, and lastly, I should have waited a little bit for people at home to get. <laughs> from science fiction to Spaceship Earth, it says, as the icon of Epcot, Spaceship Earth represents many of the themes of which par- the park is based, progress, communication, and optimism. The attraction chronicles the advancement of human communication from cave paintings to modern technologies. Who better to inspire the story of human progress than the esteemed fiction, science fiction writer and friend of Walt Disney, Ray Bradbury? Interesting. It's really cool, huh? That is cool. In 1982, Bradbury described why he felt Disney Parks gave us hope for the future, explained, quote, What Disney is doing is showing the world that there are alternative ways to do things that can make us all happy. If we can borrow some of the concepts of Disneyland and Disney World and Epcot, then indeed the world can be a better place. That's pretty cool, huh? That is pretty cool. It's so inspiring, isn't it? It is. I think that that's what it's for. Yeah. Like If you look at all the different parks in Disney World, I think this one is the most uh, made to be inspiring. Absolutely. So... What about the future of Epcot? What do you think about it? I don't know. I think no, just, I'm just <laughs> I think with a lot of the attractions that are closing, they may be corny to some people. To me, it was really heartbreaking to see some things like Captain EO close. I wasn't actually as bummed when um, I heard Ellen Energy. Oh, you weren't? I mean, look, I it, I'm not as bummed as Captain EO. I don't know. We were there in February, and we went on Ellen's Energy Adventure because we knew that it was going to be ending. You know, obviously there was rumors about it being replaced, or so you knew something had to change with it. Right. So we went on there, and I had to say I was like, "It was. A, it's a fun. It's fun. It's funny. It's fun. It's cute." Um, but it needed an updating. I think. I think a lot of people have agreed with you. I think what is significant here is the play on. Do we keep it? sort of retro because those people that have visited when they were kids and when they go back to Epcot like myself they see Epcot the way they did when they were a child and they those memories are you know just come back of the flood of memories come back but I agree with you it's yeah that and we're getting old right <laughs> no we're and not there's a whole new generation of people who want to go to the parks and experience what the future of their future is actually going to be like that's true so Ellen's if someone if our teenage daughter goes on Ellen, Ellen's energy adventure, 
she's like, that's like old news. <laughs> to us, it was the future, but to her, right. it's old news. So I think they need to update it. And the only thing is, like, they're putting a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction there. Right. And my only th- fear is that does that fit the theming of Epcot? You know what? It's funny that you mentioned that because as we were preparing for the show, I was thinking about the future and that whole attraction kind of feel the same way. What would I what do I feel about that? But if you think about it, Guardians of the Galaxy does take place in the future and it does definitely they could do a play on, you know, what's to come. I mean, space travel is going to be kind of a common thing in the future. So maybe there's going to be a spin on that. True, but it's a comic book. Yeah, I know, but I think I think I trust that they're going to make it work, and that there's it's gonna more be to popular, the story. Obviously, because it's a, it's going to be supposedly a roller coaster, and it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. And what they did in California Adventure with the Tower of Terror and turning that into the Guardians of the Galaxy was super popular. Yeah, I just so I, popularity isn't going to be an issue. It, to me, it's more of does it fit in? I think I'm looking at it in a different perspective. I'm looking at it as yes, popular, but B more of what is to come of the future and what i know it's a comic book and i get it i think a lot of times it's easier to relate characters with attractions it gets people excited to go on or whatever but i think i have hope that they're going to put a spin on epcot and that whole creation of the future and try to bring some of that into it and i do think it, it well let me just say at the celebration of the 35 years of Epcot celebration, the um, president of Walt Disney World Resort spoke and said, quote, it's been an amazing 35 years. And as we look toward the future, there's so much more on the horizon. He goes on to say. There's been a lot of reading in this in this podcast episode. Are you bored? A little bit. Are you really? I feel <laughs> like this kidding. is important. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Especially since we were talking. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. okay. I'll try to. I'll try to say it quickly. Right. Epcot has always been and always will an optimistic, optimistic celebration of the real world brought to life by the magic of Disney. I promise you that the exciting plans we have on the horizon will honor Epcot's rich legacy of creativity and innovation, while continue to exceed the expectation of our guests for decades to come. The spirit of the expansion will continue to involve. Epcot to make it more timeless, more relevant, and more family and more Disney while staying true. I think this is really important. He says, while staying true to its original vision. So that's why I have. (laughs) Are you gone? I'm here. (laughs) Welcome back. It reminds me of that part in the Pirates of the Caribbean where the new movie where Jack's in the jail cell and the guy's like trying to explain what's going on. He's like falls asleep and he looks up. He's like, are you still talking? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Now that's going to stick in my head forever. I'm going to keep picturing you. But yes. Are you awake now? I'm awake. Listen, don't take my (laughs) short attention span for what the people listening at home want to hear. I don't know. It was very important. It was very important to hear that paragraph. Listen, it was, I felt like a good timing because he just spoke about this. And I think everyone's a little apprehensive about what to expect for the future of Epcot. If anyone like me visited when they were a kid and they really are fond with Epcot or those of you that, you know, like Epcot the way it is or whatever. I just thought it was important. No, you're right. You're absolutely, I'm not even sure I'm qualified to be here. Right. You know what? Don't take my advice. Same here. So it is what it is. All right. So the future of Epcot. Obviously, we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy. There's going to be a new attraction inspired by Ratatouille, which I think will be cool. I think it's going to be cool to add 
attractions. Ratatouille like attraction I'm excited for. Well, let me just say. Yes. Are you going to read something else? No, but Thank you. I think with the whole character thing and Epcot, I think it's hard because it wasn't necessarily always there. there. There wasn't very popular characters per se in Epcot to base attractions on. So seeing the Frozen attraction now take place in Norway versus Maelstrom, I think they actually did a great job spinning it and it definitely connects that movie with Norway. And I think that's really what it's about too. So, yeah, about so does Ratatouille. Ratatouille takes place in France. That's what I'm saying. So I have hope that it's going to be I think it's going to cool. be good. I think this is a cute one. This is yeah. a good play. Yeah. Uh, Ratatouille is a very cute movie. And I'm excited to see that. Uh, what do you think about a new land coming to Epcot? Greece. Do you think that's, I mean, do you think that's? <laughs> I mean, I wish it would be Greece. I'm voting for Greece. There's um, rumors of Brazil. There really? was talk about Spain. Yeah. Um, and if you look back in history, I think there was a couple that they mentioned that were planned but never built. Yeah. But I think that a new land would be cool. I think it would be cool too. I think the front runner right now is Brazil, and I don't know if I'm super excited. I'm not that much excited about anything, I guess. I think. I think it's hard to imagine until we actually see it because it's not like we have ever visited those. Well, other than you never been to Brazil, no. Oh, well, that's a shock. <laughs> so I don't know what the, that would be. I just think it would be cool to have some ancient ruins of Greece there. Look, I know you know what I mean. Greece would be cool. I, I agree with you. Yeah. You're biased though. Yeah. Really? <laughs> so I don't know if I could take your opinion on that because you're you're a little bit biased on that one. I know. I'm sorry. Well, anyway, I think that would be cool. I would look would love to see. I feel the countries are okay the way they are i i would say i don't i would it would be cool if they added a country but if they just left it alone i think they're cool as it it's cool as it is now i think the one thing i would focus on for epcot and if anyone um in disney creative team is listening i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm such a dork um i would love to see more of that optimism sort of futuristic stuff in epcot i would love to see more of that um than anything else i agree and that's really it but they they're gonna do stuff like it's gonna change yeah all of these parks even though you know there's all these changes coming to hollywood studios right and they just updated pandora they're all gonna change constantly forever and i i I think that's a good thing you do yeah um walt disney said the parks are never going to be complete true i just you know look um i i'm very nostalgic and that was something that somebody asked us would you rather i think back on another episode or uh, some other place maybe I don't <laughs> whatever know. but it was would you rather have a fifth park of all the nostalgic attractions in walt disney world or a third park with all the things that walt disney was thinking of but never actually got a chance to create in california so you need a park for got for people like you who want the nostalgic part and you need it to be a place where all those ellen's energy attraction and captain eo and all those other classic ones are placed so you can go and remember and all of us can look towards the future and get new ones. Exactly. Right. It's not too much to ask, is it? I don't think so. It's <laughs> only a couple hundred million dollars. That's pretty affordable. I mean, whatever. <laughs> all right. I think this was a fun show. I hope you guys listening didn't get bored of my reading. Um, <laughs> and when you are visiting Epcot, look for those special things and do try to slow down and create some of those memories for yourself. Epcot's hard to slow down at. I understand because it's huge and you want to walk fast, but you, maybe that's a two-day park. Maybe. I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe it either. But don't go two days in a row. Okay. And don't go two days if you're only going there for three. Okay. Right? Deal. All right. Thanks to our sponsor for the show, Kingdom Strollers. If you're going with a little kid or a little adult like me and you get tired, (laughs) go to kingdomstrollers.com. The cool thing about Kingdom Strollers is they'll deliver your 
stroller and you can use it your whole vacation. They'll deliver it to your room or hotel or resort. And then when you're done, they'll pick it up right from the same spot. So visit kingdomstrollers.com and they're growing. They're actually building a new facility down there, which is cool and exciting. So congratulations yeah. to them and thank you for being with us for so long. All right. I, I enjoyed this episode. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I, it's always fun when you enjoy it. Well, the it's moments fun when I enjoy it. Yeah, I always have a good time when I enjoy the episode. The moments when I that don't enjoy the episode, I get pretty bored. The moments that you were awake, I, 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 I guess. Yeah, there was quite a bit of reading on this one for me, a little bit too much. But you know what? I Like I said, sometimes we've asked people in the past if you like us reading and they don't like me reading because I can't read that good, but they do like you reading. <laughs> so they enjoy that. Okay. If you want to check us out on Twitter, we are Magic on Facebook where we do our live show every Monday night. And I can't believe people still ask us, like, what time do you do your show? I think we've said Monday night at 8 o'clock for literally two years. I'm excited that there are people that haven't... I'm actually excited for those of that are just finding it now because, I don't know, why am I excited? I, I don't know. just think it's cool. Like, it is cool. We are still It's kind of growing. exciting and, like, what are yeah. we doing? We're doing something wrong if people are just finding this out now. <laughs> oh, that too. But every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we go live over on Facebook. Although this week it may be Sunday, not Monday. Oh, gosh, changing so it I'm up. So I'm going to confuse you on that. So just go All follow right. us on Facebook. Just search Facebook Unlocking the Magic, and you'll find us there. Perfect. And also on Instagram, Unlock the Magic. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. You head over to, for the show notes. Everything that Connie talked about, all those long paragraphs and blog yes. posts that she was reading. Mm -hmm. Thank if you, you fell right. asleep during it like me, the show notes will be over at unlockingthemagic.com. You can find everything there. You can also get Connie's packing list. And, oh, you know what? Real quick. Okay. We got a couple of reviews on iTunes. I'm just going to say thanks. I'm not going to read the whole review because I don't want to, but I'm just going to say thank you to the people who did because it's very nice of them to leave a review. So, Oma X3 says, such a great listen. Thank you. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Thomas said, fun and entertaining. An older car guy. Ooh. If you're a Disney person, you got to listen to this podcast. Wow. So, thanks to older car guy. Thanks, thanks to, to Mr. and Mrs. Thomas. In Oma X3. You're awesome. You rock. So if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be much appreciated too. really helps us out. But that's it for me, Connie. Well, thank you, everybody, again. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for your support. And enjoy your week. Yeah. See ya.